Ladies and gentlemen, take off your pants and jacket and get ready for the Loaded Souls Podcast. What was that? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that was amazing. You deserve it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I I hope you have a great show. I hope you have a great show, too. thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me, uh, joining us. This is the Loaded Souls podcast, where music and trauma intersect. And uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for coming back if you've listened to episode one. And uh, thanks for tuning in. This is episode two, entitled, Who Are You? (laughs) Which is the Who song, actually, um, from the same album, Who Are You? So... This episode is entitled, Who Are You? And uh, yeah, I just want to say big thanks for everyone that listened um, in the first episode, everybody that's tuning in and uh, getting to know the podcast a bit. We talk, I'm going to talk a bit about my experience with trauma and um, and eventually I would like to have other people on and um, talk about their own experience. And it's not the trauma itself necessarily, but the effects and... Um, getting down to the core of what, you know, what makes us who we are now. And, um, I, I like to talk a little bit, I think it's good to know someone's background and know where they come from and, uh, the things that they endured to get to where they're at now and gives you a greater understanding of people. And, um, so, and at this point in my life, I want to be able to open up a bit more to, to keep healing these, uh, you know, these things that reoccur in our lives is, you know, trauma, I don't want to say victim, but people that have experienced trauma definitely, um, at least for myself, and I'm pretty sure for most people have reoccurring things that come up because it's not, uh, trauma isn't something you just get rid of overnight. And especially with the effects of trauma, it takes a while, you know, and, and at my age, um, you know, I feel pretty privileged and a miracle that I'm still upright you know, at this point, but, uh, it took a long time, you know, I lived that life for a long time without knowledge of what was going on, and, uh, so it took a while, so anyway, so I don't want to get too far off on the subject, but, uh, I, I did want to say something about your shirt. What, what about my shirt? Yeah, I'm sorry, I gotta say something about the shirt. What about the shirt? What? No. What's No, I'm just curious, what, did... Did someone uh, not guess your weight at the fair? Is that the deal? And you well, got that is, shirt? is that how so. it is? That's how <laughs> so, it is. No, anyway, wow. now you look fabulous. And wow, that's thanks. A beautiful shirt. Yeah. And it looks really good on yeah, you. Yeah, I really so. appreciate that. It's... Anyway, thank you again for tuning in. And uh, we're going to get right down to some topics. And uh, at some point, maybe in the middle of the podcast, I'm going to bring up a song, one of the first songs I wrote as a kind of a solo artist. Um, outside of a band and just doing, you know, my own lyrics and melody and recording it myself and this and that. And it's still pretty, it's fairly crude, but it gives you an idea of um, songwriting and some of the stuff that was going on with me at the time. So, but uh, one of the things that I kind of left off last time, I kind of introduced and told people about my history, a little bit of my history that I was adopted, um, put up for adoption at birth and, uh, adopted by a great dad and mom and um you know I at one at some at, <laughs> when I get to a certain age 
because it was around eight or nine, my adopted mother passed away. So those were two major things that happened to me as a child and that kind of shaped a lot of my um, views of the world and how I interacted with people and the fear and anxiety and things that went along with it. And you know, these were basically things that were really not uncovered until I got a lot older. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so, and we, I kind of gave you a little overline of what, you know, my life was like up to that point. And then probably around, I guess maybe 13 is when I discovered like drugs, you know, and, and started smoking weed and cigarettes and, you know, stealing alcohol from my parents and this and that, and, you know, hanging out with people that like to do that kind of stuff. And, uh, and definitely for me, it was uh, an escape, you know, for sure. And, uh, but there, you know, with drugs, any kind of drug you take, there's always a come down, even if it's a light drug, there's always some kind of come down and, and whatever you were trying to escape from at the time is still going to be there, you know, but at that age, I, it didn't matter, you know, so I mean, I just did more and more and more, whatever I could do to, to numb the, you know, the, the, the anxiety feelings and the pain and all that good stuff, so, and that took a toll, I, I did that for a while, and, you know, it was back in late 70s, you know, mid to late 70s into the 80s. And at that time, there was a huge push, you know, I think it was must have been the Reagan thing with all the say no to drugs and this and that, but tons of care units and uh, the Betty Ford Clinic and all these places started opening up and there were <clears throat> a big push for adolescents um, going into these hospitals. And a lot of them made a lot of money, a lot of them were really good programs and this and that. I'm not judging them because I went into a couple, but, uh, so that was kind of my, you know, my next flight was, um, I, you know, things just got worse. You know, I, I, I just kept kind of seeming to get introduced to people that could introduce me to different drugs and this and that and pills and PCP and LSD and all that. So, you know, the, the hallucinogenics weren't the main issue, but it was just the, you know, the way I was doing my life and, uh, and avoiding what was going on within me. And that stuff was like coming to the surface and came out as anger and confusion and just wanting to, you know, withdraw and just hang out with the few friends that I had, you know, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. So <clears throat> it got to a point I got caught taking pills at a school and my family just started looking into the whole adolescent care unit thing. And there was one in our county one close to the house where I lived or you know in the city I lived and uh, I remember it was just one afternoon you know I mean they just said you know we're gonna pack your stuff up and you're gonna go stay in this hospital for however long it takes you know with these drugs that you're taking and all the stuff that you're doing and yada 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 so I ended up going in to this lockdown adolescent care unit and was introduced to AA and Narcotics Anonymous and all, and, and a lot of therapy um, to a certain extent, you know, was trying to figure out why, you know, why the kids that I was in there with, why I was doing the things I was doing, and, and, uh, and mainly just to get away from the element that I was in, you know, so I was, I think I was in there for like 30 days, and most people were in there for 30-ish days, depending on how good the insurance was, I guess. But, uh, so I stayed in there and then I got out and, uh, 
I stayed sober for a little bit. I realized that there was definitely, you know, my life got better as I stopped <clears throat> doing drugs and, and it seemed to get a little clearer, um, my relationship with my dad and this and that, but there was no real breakthrough at the time of, uh, any kind of deep healing, like, you know, realizing like, well, the abandonment issue, maybe that's something we need to look at or that is, you know, I, there was sadness and this and that, but it was just scratching the surface, you know, and I was pretty young and anyway, so I got out of the hospital, stayed sober for a while and then eventually ended up stopped. I'd go to meetings when I was out of the hospital and kind of got involved and, um, to a certain extent. And, uh, and then it just fell apart, you know, I started hanging out with my friends again, and next thing you know, I was back doing the same thing, and more of it, and uh, just caused a huge issue with my dad and my stepmom at the time. My dad got remarried back when I was around 10 or 11, and so I had a stepmom there, and a stepsister, and just things just kind of went downhill. I got kicked out of the house and uh, a couple times, and just would, you know, just was belligerent and I wasn't violent or anything like that, but I was very depressed and very anxious and just wanted to disassociate really, you know, and that's what I was trying to do. So at one point, my dad offered one more time to put me into a program and it was in LA, Coldwater Canyon Hospital. And, uh, and it just, and I had a, a friend from the hospital that I was in, or, you know, in the care unit who was my sponsor, and he suggested the hospital program, and he was a really great guy and always behind me and this and that and uh, suggested that I go in the program, so I did. And I was in there for about three and a half months, and on my 18th birthday, I was released. <laughs> so, um, But I learned a lot about myself in there. I mean, I, I did get into some deep, deep therapy and uh, some stuff like touching issues about the abandonment of my mom and... <clears throat> and my mom passing away and just things like that. But, just, you know, the main goal was to stay sober, you know, get and stay sober and stop doing what I was doing. And that's what I did. And I got out. I stayed sober for quite a few years. I mean, into my, into the 2000s, <laughs> you know. Um, and throughout that period, I just really got involved in going to AA meetings and NA meetings and being, you know, in the functions they had and just staying away from any of the friends that I had that were, uh, that I used to hang out with that were doing drugs still and drinking and whatnot. So, and it did help a lot. I mean, it changed my life for sure. Um, so, and I eventually started working in recovery, working at hospitals, working as a counselor and, and that, you know, just seemed to snowball and, uh, and, and really kind of saved my life for a long period of time. And, uh, I, I owe a lot to those early years of going to meetings and meeting my core, you know, the core people in my life that are s still a part of my life, you know, and still friends and, and some of them still fairly close, really close. So, um, so yeah, that was a, that was a interesting time. And, so even as I got into playing music later on <clears throat> in my 20s, I was completely sober the whole time. You know, I didn't, I wasn't drinking, wasn't doing drugs, which was probably a blessing for sure. Um, was Yeah, it definitely was a blessing. So, but, uh, so yeah, I think a lot of uh, the people that I know that have had trauma in their lives, a lot of them, not all of them, but have definitely had drug experiences and 
<clears throat> and still some possibly to this day are still struggling. I know some of them that are. Um, and drugs served a purpose for for the time I was doing them, but, uh, you know, it was more of really trying to disassociate from who I was and what I was feeling, you know. Once I got sober, there wasn't really a lot of avoidance in that way, at least. Um, but you can be sober and still not dig into really what's going on with you, you know. Um, I mean, I did what I ha- I did what I felt like I needed to do to just kind of maintain my life, you know. But I wasn't really interested in wanting to dig super deep into that adoption area and all that stuff until a little bit later and I was encouraged um to find my mom and all that which is which was 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 an amazing experience and I'll talk about that probably in the next um podcast but uh so yeah I mean throughout those years I'd gone to lots of different therapists and like I said in a couple different hospital programs and you know I don't have to get into details of the drugs I did but you know it was the late 70s so whatever you know, was going around Quaaludes, lots of speed, you know, lots of pot, LSD, blah, 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 just the same thing that most people in smaller rural areas probably did, just like me, you know, drinking and all that stuff and everything that goes along with it. So thievery, all that good stuff. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, it's at, at 18, I sobered up, got sober and uh, stayed sober quite a while and, and it definitely changed my life. So, um, so I'm going to, what I'm going to do is take a short break. I'm going to play a song. I'll give you a little intro of it. <clears throat> it's one of the first songs I wrote as like a solo artist, you know, and some, I was just, uh, it was 2006. I'm going to take a little swig of water here. Thank you. 2006. And I was living in, uh, Seattle I was working in Seattle and moved, had moved to Yakima, which is about three, three and a half hours away. So I was driving back and forth a couple times a week to, you know, on the weekends to live in Yakima and work in Seattle. And I was starting to just play my acoustic more and things were starting to be a little more creative. I, um, and when I was driving back and forth, I had this little tape recorder with me and I, I would hum melodies into it and and lyric ideas and this and that and that's how I kind of started writing this song and it just wrote back and forth and it just kind of seemed to come out I didn't really understand it at the time and I'll talk a little bit about more of it after uh after you hear the song but uh it was an interesting process and then eventually I got some recording equipment you know a little software on the computer and this and that and I was able to do some basic recording, and this that's what I did with this one. It was basically just a demo and the idea that I had. And uh, the song is called Back to Me. All right, thank you.
So yeah, that was written back in 2006, and uh, yeah, I feel like I'm showing 
baby pictures, you know, a little bit like, well, you know, I was a little chubby, so don't judge me. But, <laughs> but uh, no, that I, I think lyrically and melody-wise, really, I was kind of amazed at how that came out. And uh, I really think that, and the words really tell it, you know, I was asking for, you know, for something to happen and for something to come forth and you know, to get in touch with my inner being, if you will, or whatever. And uh, that's really the start of the whole, you know, um, transformation for me in a lot of ways. So anyway, yeah, I appreciate you listening. And um, and I do have a, another version of that song that I did just a couple years ago with a good friend of mine, John Agwan, um, in a project called Stone People, and we put that out. And that's on, you can actually find it on YouTube, if you type in Stone People, we have an album out called Monster, and it's on YouTube, and you can listen to that song. And John redid it and basically just used the bare bones of what I had. I sent it to him. I didn't have any recording equipment at the time, and he re-recorded it with some great guitar and bass and, and vocals and you know, definitely brought that song to life, so... Um, I'd encourage you to go check it out. It was really cool. So it's a great song. So anyway, um, yeah. And I think that was just uh, something coming out in me, you know, and uh, wanting to know who I, you know, who I was a little bit deeper, which kind of brings around to the whole topic of who are you? And, uh, you know, one of the things that with, for myself being adopted was the whole history, the lack of history um, you know, people growing up with biological parents and stuff don't really have, don't really have a reference point of what it feels like to not really have like a history, you know, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, besides being a teenager and trying to come into your own and figure out who you are, and I'm trying to figure out who I am based on not a lot of, you know, knowledge of, I had no knowledge of my biological family, you know, so I just had to go by my dad and this and that, but I knew we weren't blood related, you know, I mean, that was just a knowledge. So, um, there was always a curiosity of who I really, you know, who was, you know, what, what was the history of my family and all that stuff. So, um, you know, and that's just something that sticks with you for a while, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, the way it is, you know, so there's always going to be that questioning and stuff. And, um, and like I said, eventually when I was in my twenties, I met my mom and that kind of answered quite a, you know, a few questions brought up all kinds of different stuff, but, uh, and I'll definitely talk about that a bit. I think that's important. Um, a lot of adoptees go through that, finding their family and, and their reunion and all that stuff. And there's all kinds of mixed stuff that goes on, but, uh, you know, brings up all kinds of wounds. So, um, that's a whole nother issue to deal with, but, uh, so basically, uh, yeah, I wanted to share that song. I have, and, and I've been writing some songs, you know, up and on for quite a while now. And just in the fa past few months, I've just had kind of a creative flow going. So I have quite a few songs out on Reverb Nation, um, under Sound of Soul, Sounds, Sound of Souls, and, uh, a few, like three videos out on YouTube under the Sound of Souls as well. And uh, I'll post some links if I can in this podcast too, so you can go and check it out. But uh, um, 
so yeah the not knowing history and uh that kind of thing that creates a little you know confusion um and a lot of guessing and storytelling and uh you know the things that you make I would make up in my mind of where I came from or why I you know why I was abandoned or why this happened and that happened so um and uh you know for quite a long period of time there were t- periods of time where I didn't really I wasn't affected by a lot of this I was just kind of living you know I just went on with life and I did things and I worked and I had this and I had that and I eventually moved to LA and uh and started playing music and this and that with a good friend of mine and um you know so things don't you know a lot of times there's periods of time with trauma that it just doesn't come up you know I mean maybe every once in a while I I got dumped and that really you know as far as I <laughs> had a breakup you know, in my mid twenties, it really took me for a loop and that kind of brought up some issues and, uh, you know, things that really were deep inside me and that I didn't really realize, I guess at the time, you know? So, um, but then, yeah. So I think we all have, you know, anybody that's experienced trauma has those periods where you just kind of go through life and you're kind of doing things and you might not be, you know, rubbing up against someone or, you know, the people that, kind of get you to that place where you need, you know, where the trauma comes up, you know. Um, So, you know, we have periods of kind of reprieve, I guess, for a while. So, um, but yeah, I think this is probably a good place to maybe let off and, uh, and, um, and say goodbye. (laughs) But I appreciate everybody stopping in and listening. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to episode three. I'm going to take a couple days and uh, take a listen to this and see how it sounds and um, yeah, get on to episode three, get, get into some more, uh, more stuff. If anybody has any suggestions and you can leave comments, um, I would really encourage that. So I, you know, I could use any kind of uh, feedback or if you have ideas for shows or want me to talk about certain things, I don't really get into technical stuff about trauma. I mean, I've read some books and I can suggest a couple that I liked, especially more towards adoption. I might've mentioned it in the first episode. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, just different things about, you know, scars and trauma and and healing. Um, and definitely the healing power of music, writing music that, that, you know, is evoking things within you, you know, to take a look at who you really are. So, Yeah, well, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in, and I appreciate everyone's support, and I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, this has been the Loaded Souls Podcast. Thank you. you. That was, you took my line. You took my line. You took my line. Thank you for tuning in to the Loaded Souls Podcast from Big Springs, California. Beautiful, hot day. Say goodnight, Mercy.